Judges 6 The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts, They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizah. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you are fighting against one man. Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat and with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. Then, carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and presented them to the angel, who was under the great tree. The angel of God said to him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of the staff in his hand. 
and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid, you will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Ophrah, in the land of the clan of Abiza to this day. That night the Lord said to Gideon, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God, here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night, because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and that the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built, and on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. The people said to each other, Who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him, Why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. From then on, Gideon was called Jerubbaal, which means let Baal defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. Soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abiza came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowlful of water. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. 
Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. Every episode has a photo that goes with it. And I never know what photo I'm going to choose until after I've chosen the scripture and have read it. Because I have got a lot of photos to choose from and each week I'll look through my collection and I may have seen the same photo many, many times. I mean, this is episode 34. So I've gone through these photos a lot. But each week one photo stands out in a way that it hadn't prior. So the photo I'm sharing with you today, I'd seen many times before, but the Lord didn't move me to share that photo. And that's what's interesting to me about this podcast, because the scripture isn't planned, the photos aren't planned, but they both come together, and it has very little to do with me. Initially, when the concept of the podcast came together, I was thinking, well, I'll find metaphorical images. That should be easy enough. But the reality was I wasn't led to images that were metaphorical. And this show is an example of that because I was thinking as I finished reading about Gideon saying, I'll leave the fleece here. I thought, okay, sheep. I've got plenty of pictures of the English countryside with sheep because pretty much wherever you go in England, where there are fields, there are also sheep. And I found one that I thought, okay, this is great. Beautiful sky, wonderful countryside. But that picture wasn't the one. And as I was going through my images, I found the one, the photo for today's show. And it's from Port Isaac. Cornwall, England. It's a beautiful village and it's become very famous because it's the location of a TV show that's had many seasons now called Doc Martin. And it's actually my husband's favourite TV show. He's watched it a lot, but that's because the characters are really endearing. It's funny. It's in a beautiful location. There's a lot to like about it. So when we found ourselves in Cornwall, we obviously had to go to Port Isaac, which on the TV show is called Port Wen. Now, the show is quite popular amongst Americans because there were a lot of them there and it was really off season. It was a grey kind of day, but there were people milling around everywhere and I'm sure they had the same feelings as we did. Wow. We're finally here. We've seen the TV show a lot. And now we're actually walking around and we're seeing the shops, just the locations as they are in reality, not as the places they are on the TV. So as we'd been walking around, we went past the main character's home and we looked up onto the hill and saw people walking back down from there. And we thought, hey, let's go and check it out. It's going to give us a great view. So the path narrowed, berry bushes 
adding interference to our journey. And then finally, the path opened up and we were on top of the hill. We went all the way over to one side where it was really like the cliff top. That creeps me out. So (laughs) we went further back on the hill and just sat on a bench away from the windy edge and just looked at that beautiful Cornish village. I mean, the water there in the harbour is a fantastic blue-green. The boats, you can only see one in the picture, but they would have lots of boats just anchored there. And my husband and I just sat there, just soaking it in, thinking, hey, we're finally here. But the bench had a quote, what we keep in memory is ours forever. And I just thought that was so perfect for that moment. To download the photo from today's episode or any of the other episodes, visit ttlm.pictures.com.